given the opportunity to, I guess, make up for missing last uh, third Sunday. But uh, before I get too far into the story, I want to share two scriptures with you to set the stage for what I'm about to tell you. And you'll find the first one in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 9. In Joshua chapter 1 and verse 9, some very profound words here are given. Have I not commanded thee, be strong and of good courage, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. And also, Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them that are called according to His purpose. Now, a handful of you, maybe a little more than that, have heard the story and the account, I won't say a story, it was real life, of what happened a few weeks ago when we were up north in Yankeetown. And that's what I call it. It's nothing above Crossville's Yankee to me. But Dad and, and Mom and Emily and I set out to Fort Wayne, Indiana on a Saturday morning. I thought, you know, hey, we'll get up there, we'll get the truck, we'll be back by midnight, 1 o'clock, no big deal. We get up there, and it's, it's dark, and I look over the truck, and hey, it looks good, we do a test drive. I cranked it up, and a sensor went off for one of the tires, and he's like, oh, you got a bad sensor, but that's the only thing wrong with the truck. I can handle that. Easy fix, no big deal. Hit the OK button, cleared it off, went on test drive. We drove around the block and come back to the place and signed the papers. Off we went to Pizza Hut for supper, left there, and started on our way home. We got down the road a little bit. The sensor went off again on a different tire. And I thought, hmm, all right. We got out, we aired it up, and I thought, you know, probably because it's been setting for a while, Maybe that's what's happened, because tires tend to do that, right? And uh, so I thought, maybe that's it, no big deal. Add that tire up, off we go again. Get down the road a little further, sensor goes off, same tire. And I'm thinking, okay, this point I'm getting a little bit testy. Air it up again. The third time we have to stop and air it up, we're at we're the gas station. And I go in, I buy a tire plug-in kit, I'm going to find this leak, we're going to fix this thing right here in this parking lot, and we're going back to Tennessee. Well, that didn't work that way because Dad said, well, we'll get something to spray on the tire to see the bubbles. We sprayed that tire, a whole bottle of Windex on that tire. Could not find a leak at all. They closed the gas station. A cop pulls up, and I'm thinking, Great. Here we are. Now, I'm already aggravated, and I thought, okay, I'm going to call the dealership guy because he's responsible for this. He needs to send somebody over here to fix this. He won't answer his cell phone, go straight to voicemail. I'm finally at the point, I'm like, let's just put the spare on and let's go home. And I promise you, I'm getting to a point in this story, so bear with me, please. So I said, let's just put the spare on and, and let's go to the house. You know, we've got an air crank here, we can air it up if it needs, needs it, and... We'll be on our way. 
I couldn't find how to get the spare out from the truck. And out of the car, the trucks that I drove before had a little hole above the license plate. I couldn't find the hole. So Emily says, I'll find it. It's in the manual. Okay, great, good, awesome. I'm getting the jack out. She said, the manual's in Spanish. <laughs> and I said, turn it over. There's another side. No, there's not. Tell you, I threw that rod down. I said, give me that manual. I went in that truck. I jerked it out of her hand, and I looked at that thing, and I flipped through it, and I said, every bit of it's in Spanish. <laughs> the only thing in English was Ford on the front. And I thought to myself, well, maybe I can find the diagram. No, the diagram's in Spanish too, apparently. I couldn't find nothing to tell me how to get that spare tire out. So the cop and dad still spraying that tire. They couldn't find nothing. I was to the point where I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm so frustrated right now, I don't know what to do. I and mean, I was so upset because I was on a high. Just finally now I got a, a vehicle. You know, I'm I feel like a man again. I got wheels under me. And now I'm having trouble. Trial. Hit me right square in the face. And then the cop says, I think it'd be best if y'all went up here to Van Wert. We was in Ohio at this time. Up to Van Wert, stay the night. I know there's hotels up there. Go to the tire place at Walmart across the road in the morning. Get this tire fixed before you go home. I talked to Dad about it. We both decided there's no way, there's no way that I can get on the interstate doing 75 mile an hour with a leaking tire and it possibly blow out. I, I couldn't do that. I couldn't risk not only my life but, but the, my wife's life as well. I said, I can't. So we go to Van Wert, just a few miles up the road. Find a Holiday Inn, man, it's great, awesome. Wherever it is, right here. Walmart, I can see the lights, we're, good. we're doing good. Next morning, we go over there and walk in. Guy there, just I'll spare you all the details, but he acted like he didn't really know what he was doing. And uh, had to go out and look at the tires first. And I'm like, just change the tire. That's all I'm asking you to do. So he goes out, comes back in. I said, I would like four new sensors. I want sensors in every tire. Change them all. Get them done. Little short fellow was in there, and he kind of, you know, I, I, I love folks, you know, I do. But you know how some people just have that little snippiness? You know, and I'm already kind of agitated. And he says in this tone of voice, well, if we've got them, we'll change them. I'm like, man, you don't want to go there with me. I was already aggravated. I'm already trying to say, okay, remember you don't get to turn Christian off. You gotta, you gotta have that's on all the time. So end, ends up changing two, not four, two. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. He said the only two was bad, the others were good. All right, well let's go. So we leave Van Wert and we get down south of there to a place called Sydney, Ohio. And around about Sydney, I hear. Tire sensor. Another tire going down. And I thought, really? Come on now. So I pull off to a Walmart. The only tire place is open on Sundays in Walmart. Sydney, Ohio, and they change. I said, they changed two, changed the other two. We just come from Walmart and Van Wert. Can you please do that for me? All right. 
We go eat. Save some time, right? While they work on the vehicle. We get back. They only changed one sensor. Not two. And I was aggravated because I went to pay for it. He said, it's $10. And I thought, wait a minute. The sensor itself that you changed was $28.88. How'd you get $10? So he goes and asks. He said, well, I'll just change the valve stem. I asked you to change the sensor. So I got aggravated. Got a little upset. Got a little mad. And I said, you know, got in the vehicle, turned it on. And they had trained the tires this time. So you know what I'm talking about if you have these new computer module vehicles, trained them. So, all right, great. We're back on the road. Saved me some money. Maybe the sensor wasn't bad. And I told him, and I said, you know, maybe, maybe I just need to learn to be a little more patient with these people. Maybe I just need to learn just to calm down and, and just go with it. We leave Sydney, and we head south. And we get to a town just north of Cincinnati. I believe it was Westchester, Ohio. Tire sensor. We go off to the gas station, put some air in it, and that's when we discover that the valve stem that they replaced was torn because we went to put air in the tire, and Dad said, Hey, come here a minute. So I go back there, and he goes, and moves the valve stem, and he goes, Psh, He ain't supposed to do that. No, it's not. So let's go to the nearest Walmart, Westchester, Ohio. We walk in. Imagine, I've, I've already called TA and said, hey, we're not going to make it to church. Uh, we're stuck in Ohio. Maybe make it home by the night. That was my plan until all this happened. Then we get to that Walmart, walk in. The guy's behind the counter, and he says, can I help you? And I said, yes, sir. I need a valve stem changed, right rear tire. He said, well, uh, we're, we're closing at 4.30. Dad looked up at the clock. He said, it's only 4 o'clock. And he said, well, we need 20 minutes to clean the shop before we close. The car that we took in before you was the last one going in today. You ever get to that point? I'd been, so, I'd been through it. I was already so mad. I just turned, and I walked to the door. And you know those side doors on the lawn and garden? They don't open for you. They have to hit the button to open them because people shoplift. So I'm walking, I'm mad, boom, I hit the door. And I'm like, let me out. And I'm hitting the door. And they're like, huh, just calm down. And I said, I can't talk to him right now. I was so, I said, I've got to get out of this situation. Because if I don't, I know me. And I know what's about to happen. I've got to remove myself from the situation. Well, when I walked into the door, that teed it over just a little bit. And then finally I stepped back in the door when he opened it. And I said, it's a shame. I raised my voice. It's a shame that people can't help anybody out these days. And I was so mad. I didn't ever step over my bounds. I kept it kind of rats, But I did raise my voice. And I was, I was hateful to that young man. And I walked back out the door. And I got almost to the truck. And then it, I stopped. And I said, No. I want to talk to a manager. So I wheeled back around, and I went back toward the store. Mom, Dad, Emily were meeting me halfway, and they said, let's just go. And I said, no, I want a manager. Back in the door I go, 
little guy comes out. I need to speak to the manager. I am the manager. So, all right. Not the guy that I talked to first, but another little guy. So, you know, you can always tell. I had my hat on. I kind of angled it up and to the side just a little bit. Now, those of you that are hat wearers, you know what that means. You know, body language, right? He's going, no, I'm mad. And I said, sir, had my hand on that counter. I said, we're up here from Pikeville, Tennessee, and I'm trying to get home. I just bought this truck in Fort Wayne, Indiana. This is the third Walmart that I've stopped at. You check the tires at every one of them, except this one, because you ain't taking it back. I just want to get home to Tennessee. That's all I want. And he said, you know what? I'm going to get you in. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. So I go over and I sit down and I'm cooling off and I thought, I really shouldn't have been mean to that little fella. He comes out. Amanda's still standing there and he comes out. And I said, buddy, I want to apologize to you. I realized my wrong. I didn't say anything bad. But I shouldn't have treated him like that. And I said, man, I want to apologize to you. I said, I work in retail myself. And I said, I understand you were telling me what your manager told you to tell me. And I said, it's not your fault. I'm frustrated. You've heard my story. And I'm sorry I took it out on you. I said, I was wrong. We was all right. We shook hands. He was fine. I was fine. All is well. Guy comes out after fixing the vehicle, and he hands me my keys, and I say, what do I owe you? And he said, you don't owe me a dime. And I was like, really? Mom slid him $500, I think. But no, she didn't need that much, but she sent him some money. I don't know what she did. She said, we're going to pay you something for getting us in. I hugged the guy's neck. I said, I want to do something more than that. I kind of scared him because his eyes got big and up behind the counter. And I shook his hand and I hugged his neck and I told him thank you and we went on our way. And I think we got almost home and realized that the front sensor, this is the one that he gave me the sensor, didn't go back in there. He said, I didn't have a, a valve stem with a sensor on it, so I put a regular valve stem in it, but you'll get home. So periodically, on the way home, every few miles, I just kept hitting okay. I said, flying on faith the rest of the way. Pale of the middle, we're going home. We got home pretty late. We had a small worship service at home uh, before, before I went and me and Emily went to our house. Now, I told you that big long story to tell you that with everything bad that happened, there was a good. We had no idea what was around that little town in Ohio. But that officer did. And he knew just a few miles up the road was a hotel and a tire center. And he also knew that it was open on Sundays because he took the time enough to look it up on his own phone and told us how to get there. That was a good. We leave... And we get to going down the road and get close to Sydney. Tire sensor goes off. And there's a Walmart right there. And they change it. 
They didn't change the sensor because it wasn't bad. But they saved me some money and trained the tires. There's a good. We take out again and we get north Cincinnati. Almost was all bad. But they got us in, changed that valve stem, didn't charge us a dime. And here we are. In that whole moment, I called T.A. after we left the last one, knowing good and well we were above Cincinnati, there's no way we're going to make it home for church that night. And he explained the situation. And the very words I used was, if there's ever a time that my faith has been tried, it's been on this trip. Because there were plenty of times working in retail where people have been in a situation I have been, and they've not been near as nice as I was. And I'm not saying this to thump my chest, because I'm getting to the point of why I didn't react the way I wanted to react in just a minute. When we are in trial, when we are in moments where things are hot, when things are new, they're fresh, and it hurts, and it angers us, if we give ourselves just a second, I, in that whole process, even though I was mad and frustrated on one side of my mind, the other side of my mind, <coughs> I, was, I was actually thinking this. I wonder, how, I wonder how Joseph felt when his brother sold him into slavery. I wonder how Job felt when he lost all that he had. I wonder how the Apostle Paul felt when he was imprisoned and shipwrecked and beaten. I wonder how Christ felt when he bore that cross to Golgotha. You see, as I was thinking about those things, I thought, you know, yeah, this is a big difference in being in prison. This is a big difference in being beaten and bearing a cross. A big difference in being sold into slavery. A big difference in losing everything that I have. Huge contrast there. The concept is the same. In a moment like that, as a Christian, in trial, in persecution, in temptation, because of what we read in the Scripture and how other people have set the precedent for us and have endured so much more than we have, friends, we never have the right to step outside of our Christianity and lash out and use horrible language and throw a temper tantrum and, and get mad and belittle and be mean-spirited against somebody. It doesn't matter how horrible the moment is. And I know, we, we've all had those moments, guys. We've all had those moments where we're pushed to the limit, we think. But if we will remind ourselves, in our minds, in our Christian, spirited, driven, centered heart, what people endured before us, it puts our little problems into perspective. Yes, we were miles away from home. 
We were in a pickle. Not one time in that whole process was I alone in that. Not one time did the core group, mom, dad, my wife, cast me aside and say, you're on your own. Not one time. We had each other. You know, and I had half of mine, Ryan. Leave that truck in Ohio. Let's get back in the red car. 500, let's get down the road. I'm tired of fooling with it. Are our problems really that big? When you put it into perspective. Because you see, I read in times of trial in 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter 1, verses 6 and 7, wherein you greatly rejoice. Though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptation. Sound familiar? That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found under praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. We don't, we, don't, we don't have nothing to work with in those moments. We have, we have ample scripture, an example of how to get through those things. Now some of you are probably sitting in the pew thinking, of all the troubles that a person could have, and you're here talking about vehicle trouble, and that's, that's, that's your point? If that's what you're thinking, you missed everything that I've been telling you. If that's my point, then I guess that's my point. But what I'm saying is, in moments like what I'm experienced, and granted, I could sit here all night, I'm not going to, and tell you others that I've experienced. And you could share with me like stories and like accounts of what you've went through too. But even in those moments... We can never lose sight of who we are and whose we are. We can never lose sight of the example that we need to be. And I've always wondered, I've, I, I, even ever since it happened, I wondered, T.A., if I hadn't apologized to that guy at Walmart, how much would that tire power have cost me? Now, I know God don't work that way. I, I get that. But I always wondered, if I had just left it, if I had just ran it and raved and pitched a fit and said all manner of evil things, I didn't. Would my tire have got changed? Would my valve stem have got fixed? Would it have cost me nothing? I don't know. But I think if I'd have been really, really mean and rude and vile, I don't think that manager would have had any compassion on me. I don't think he would have got me in. I think he would have said, you go on down the road. We're not going to be able to get you in. But he didn't. And here I am. Yeah. It's a sore spot because I'm still not done with that dealership. 
but I'm letting myself cool off before I give him a call again. By the way, he texted me at 11.30 that night when we were in the hotel and asked me how the drive was. And I was like, well, I don't think he want to go there. And at that point, he didn't, and I didn't either. But I told him what was going on. And he says that uh, truck has sat on my lot for four months and we never had to put air in a tire. And I hated to, but I said, buddy, I'm not calling you a liar, but I don't believe you. There's no way. With four leaky tires, three leaky tires, that you didn't have to put air in it for test drives. No, kind of icing on the cake for me. But in that moment, I remembered the book of James. James starts out a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ of the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad. Greetings. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Knowing this, the trying of your faith worketh patience. I thought that night, laying in bed, looking up at the ceiling, Mom said I didn't, wasn't awake much because she heard me snoring. I heard her snoring. So I think it was the other way around. But I thought in, now that I've got home and all these things that have come about, I was like, man, what a good story we've got. I overcame these things. Here we are. And it's doing good now. Sometimes when you crank it up, it says parking brake service malfunction or whatever. Whatever that means. I've got to figure that out. But truck runs pretty good. Got a pretty good deal on it. Wouldn't went to any end if it hadn't. Verse 12 of chapter 1. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Now, where are you in this scenario? It could be, as a Christian, maybe, maybe you're in Van Wert. Maybe you're far away from home, having trouble. You don't know what lies ahead, but you know you're in a pretty tight spot. Or maybe you've overcome van work. Maybe you're in Sydney as a Christian and you're, being, you're struggling with the same, same thing that almost derailed your train back in van work. Not knowing what's coming, but knowing you've beat it once, maybe you can beat it again. Or maybe you're in Westchester, Ohio, going through the same thing again. And people around you are saying they can't help you. You've got other people around you that are saying, it's going to be okay. we got your back. Mom, Dad, and my wife had my back. And I'm sure that if I had acted inappropriately, they would have told me, and Dad would have corrected me pretty quick, even at 36. I have no question. Or maybe, maybe you're that person who's never took that journey to be a Christian. Maybe you've never put on Christ in baptism. Maybe you've not yet left the valley. 
to go get that truck because you're afraid, because you're worried, because you're concerned, because you're, there's so many uncertainties that surround it maybe. Guys, I'll tell you, if that is you, there is never going to be anything in your life more certain than what God has promised to Christians and those that follow Him. There, there is no uncertainty there. And if you're afraid of anything, if you're worried about anything, God settles that right here in the pages of this book. And yeah, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know what's going to happen three days from now, 30 years from now. We don't know. But we just read in the book of James, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. To, for, for what? For those that love him. For those that are following after Christ. For those who are Christians. If you're not a Christian, you have opportunity tonight. And if you are a Christian and you're struggling with Van Wert, Sydney, and Westchester, Ohio, you can put that off. People are here to help you. We will pray with you and for you, and you can be brought back into good standing with God. No uncertainty, no fear, no worry. We have your back, and God does too. And I'm not going to speak, I think it would be safe to speak for everyone here. But I'm not going to try to do that. But I will tell you this. I have your back. And I'll do anything I can to help you. There are things that I've not experienced in life. But there's a lot of things that I have. And I can help you. And I'll pray with you if nothing else. If you're lost tonight, in any case that we mentioned, you have time and opportunity right now to make it right. While together we stand and while we sing.